I'm Elizabeth Chopin, Editor-in-Chief of Design Anthology UK. In this installment of our six-part travel series produced in partnership with Accor, I'm speaking to Hector Hughes, co-founder of Unplugged, a startup on a mission to help people live better by providing digital detoxes at beautifully designed off-grid cabins. Welcome, Hector. Lovely to have you here today. For the uninitiated, let's start with the idea underpinning Unplugged. What is it, first of all, and who is it aimed at? For sure. So at Unplugged, we provide three-night digital detoxes at off-grid cabins in the countryside. So when people arrive, it's for people, either couples or singles. And when you arrive, you literally padlock your phone in a box. We give you a map and a Nokia and leave you to it for three nights. It's really aimed at people who are living in cities, spending a lot of time on screens and, you know, just need to properly switch off. I've touched on it in the introduction, but perhaps you can elaborate on what was happening in your own life to prompt this business idea of Unplugged. And the bigger question is, why do we all need digital detox in 2023? Yeah, I guess it really came from my own burnout, for lack of a better word. I was working for a tech startup at the time. Myself and my now co-founder were the first two employees on the commercial side. We did the whole you know, high growth, international expansion, so all very exciting. But I just started to lose my joy for life. You know, I was flying around the world to set up offices and crucially spending all day on my phone and really just kind of fell into the busy trap. So at the recommendation of a friend, I went to a silent retreat in the Himalayas in September 2019. And that was this beautiful Buddhist temple on top of a mountain. And the best thing about that is when you get there, they take your phone off you and you just spend 10 days cut off from the outside world. So very cliche, but came back from that and quit my job a week later. So all of this started pre-COVID, but obviously that's only accelerated the kind of problem that we're trying to address here, which is since the pandemic, even more of our life is on screens, you know, whilst there used to be some sort of a divide between work and home and screens and time offline, you know, now there's just really not like 80% of us are, are checking our phones within 15 minutes of waking up. Or sooner. Or yeah. sooner. Yeah, yeah. And, and 15 really, seconds. It's there all day, right? It's, yeah. you know, it's never more than a kind of arm's reach away. I mean, am I right in assuming that you didn't have an ambition to enter the hospitality sector before all of this happened? Yeah. I mean, what did people say to you when you told them about your plans initially, had you done market research or was this purely on the back of your own experience? Yeah, it was really, I think, let's get one up and running and, and see what happens. That, that was very much our market research. But I like the idea that if you start by trying to build something for yourself, because then you know you at least have a market for one. So yeah, I, we were really surprised, to be honest, just how much it caught on, how quickly. So yeah, it was, it was very experimental at the start. As you say, hadn't come from hospitality, had no intention of, of starting a hospitality business. So it has been um, a really interesting challenge kind of learning that world and yeah, just figuring out, I guess it's the same with every new venture. There's a million things that you don't know at each stage, but that's part of the, the joy. Of course. You've cited the tiny house movement from New Zealand and Australia and US as a source of inspiration at the start for Unplugged. Can you 
first of all, tell us what that is and why it inspired you and what were they doing right? What did you find when you went to explore those places? So there's been a big tiny house movement. So it's really small wood cabins. There's been a big cabin culture in you know, the classic as Scandinavia and, and Europe for a long time. And there's really been a movement in the last seven or eight years worldwide to bring that to a wider audience because minimalism has also risen in the same time. So people are starting to think about how they can live a simpler life. I think there's been so much noise in the last definitely 20 years, but if not longer, that people are burnt out. They want a break. And tiny houses are interesting for two reasons. One, they do a great job at that. You know, it gives you everything you need. Camping, for example, there's quite a lot of barriers to entry, like especially in the UK, you know, camping's a hard sell. Whereas with a tiny house, you have a lot of the the home comforts, you know, it's warm, there's somewhere to cook, you have all the bases covered. And the other one not to be underestimated is that they're good looking and for lack of a better word, they have sex appeal. And in this day and age of social media, that's important because if you really want to affect change, kind of like Tesla with electric cars, you need to make it attractive and you need to make people really want to do it. Yes, exactly. Which sort of leads on to my next question, which is about the design of these cabins and how that plays into the experience. Because these are really slickly designed little modernist pods with big, beautiful picture windows. This is not camping. These are not rustic cabins. How did you brief the architects and what was some of the thought behind the materials and how you wanted the experience to take shape? So we've kind of taken it from a couple of sides, which is one, taking learnings from the the architects we've been working with, and two is taking learnings from what else is going on worldwide. So as I said, there is a big movement of similar cabins. So went out to stay at a few of those and just, you know, saw what worked. Again, the big window, which is obviously a big selling point, is something that has been kind of used to, to great effect elsewhere. And then we have been working with a, a company called U-Build, who's a sustainable building system based in London. And they've been great on the you know, materials side of things and, and just thinking about what really underpins this experience. So can you talk us through the inside of the cabins? They look like beautiful little black timber clad boxes. They're very simple on the outside. But what about the inside? Because I know that there are some mod cons and there, there are some beautiful brands involved with the bedding and so on and so forth. Can you explain a little bit about what people experience when they go? Yeah, for sure. So the way we thought about it is instead of trying to get lots in the cabin and tick every box, it's really about doing a few things well. Like when people come, they come to to sleep, they come to cook, they come to walk, they come to read. So it's really just about making a cabin that does those things very well. On the, the bedding side of things, we use a wonderful company called Piglet to, again, they also designs a very big part of what they do. So it fits in really nicely. Mm-hmm. Faith in nature for the, the bathroom products. So want to make sure that everything in there is sustainable because if people are coming for a digital detox, then you have their attention, you know, they're offline and they're already starting to think a bit more about how they live their life. So I think the more we can encourage more mindful living for them to then take back to that day to day. So we have a few things in there to really help the experience because what we found is around the phones, the key is to remove all the excuses that people would have for checking their phones. So there's a lockbox to lock your phone away. Yeah. The key is then a sealed envelope. And then we've got a Polaroid camera so that people don't need their phones to take pictures. We have a Nokia so they can get hold of us if they need. We have a map. That's always amusing because Obviously, many of us aren't trained to use a map these days. So I think people actually have really enjoyed getting to grips with that. It's like Girl Scouts. Exactly. That's it. (laughs) I understand that at the start when you had just a handful of cabins, 
that you would personally lock the phones or take the phones away. That was part of the experience. And I, I suppose as the business has grown and there are more locations, that's not really feasible. Okay, moment of truth. Do you think people actually lock their phones away and stick to it? What is some of the feedback on the experience that you've gotten from guests about that? With the self-regulation, obviously, you wonder whether people stick to it. Yeah, for sure. So we have pretty good data on this. You never quite know, but we survey people afterwards and about 60% of people lock their phone away for the entire duration. Mm -hmm. Then there's about 30% that check it a couple of times during the stay. Mm -hmm. And there's 10% who, you know, they don't bother at all and they just want to come for a digital detox. And what we found, because at the start, even though we were locking people's phones away ourselves, for that first month, you know, people saw a nice cabin, they came to come and stay, and we tried to lock their phone away, and they were like, no way, what are you doing? Like, there's, there's no way I'm doing that. So <laughs> we found it's, it's won or lost before they even get there. So as long as people are excited that that's what they're coming to do, and it's really about empowering people to do that so that they've told their friends and family, yeah. you know, they've told their work. Yeah, and then I think, Again, it's slightly different if you're a couple, you've got the added accountability. Mm -hmm. If you're a single, you know, then it's really down to you. And it's not about willpower. It's about how excited you are to spend that time offline. Because I think if you're relying on willpower, then it's always going to be tricky. So the goal from our point of view is to really get people excited that that's what they're coming to do. You know, that they get to spend time off their phone rather than they have to. Yeah, I was interested to see that you offer three night packages and you have to book three nights for this experience, can you not glean some of the positive aspects of it in 48 hours, for example? Or have you found that three days is really the best amount of time? Because for a lot of people, three days without their phone is really a significant amount of time without a screen. There are a few scientific studies around this. One is something called the 72 hour effect, mm -hmm. which is you need 72 hours in nature to properly switch off. And another interesting one that sometimes gets cited is there was a 2021 research project that found that the headline is something like digital detoxing doesn't work. And they basically looked at taking people's phones off them for the duration of a day, you know, so 15 hours or so. And they found that there wasn't kind of significant improvements in happiness, etc. over that period. And the reason behind that is it takes about a day for the mind to settle down. So we've also kind of run some trials around this as well. And so for the first day, people are actually a bit more anxious. They're going through a withdrawal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You get yeah. phantom buzzing in your pocket and everything. So what we found is that after 24 hours, the mind really starts to settle down. So yeah, the reason it's three days is so that people can go through that initial 24 hours and then they properly have time to kind of switch off and enjoy the experience. The caveat on that is even though that research project said that one day doesn't work any time off your phone is great and you know it gives you time to think it gives you space and it helps you destimulate so would highly recommend people spend as, as much time offline as possible does that sort of hold true with your own experience when you went to the himalayas did you have that initial period of withdrawal where you felt anxious tell us about that a little bit yeah for sure for sure that so certainly you know the first day you do feel more anxious and then really go through the whole roller coaster especially because that was a, a silent retreat so there's that kind of added layer of intensity but I, I mean i look back at it as just a completely positive experience but i very much remember some parts of it you're just you're hating it you know you've got to kind of sit cross-legged with a straight back meditating and up until that point I spent my life slouching in a chair so the first couple of days you're in agony and then you feel your body start to adjust and recover effectively so yeah it was really interesting to see that you can get through that I, I remember thinking on the second day like there's no way I can do 10 days of this you know and, but, but then of course you can and it's kind of fighting that instant 
need for gratification. And yeah, I just and came out of that and the effect of that lasted for, for many months afterwards. Now we'll hear a short message from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Aaron Rana, interior designer at Accor. Our guests are seeking well-being, mindfulness and betterment in their travel experiences. Swiss Hotel Hotels bring Swiss vitality into all aspects of the guest journey, from how people move through the space, to the food they eat, and how they sleep. In design terms, we have a less is more approach, which always keeps the guests at the centre. The Swiss Hotel Vitality Suite is designed to create a calm environment that soothes the senses with circadian lighting, air purification, discrete technology, ergonomic furniture and natural materials. We even build into the room a well-being wall, a dedicated space for exercise and relaxation. This is a hotel experience carefully and purposefully designed for well-being and mindfulness. I think there's something interesting about the fact that you went on that retreat. And I think a lot of people do find themselves in that situation when they're at a moment of crisis in their life. They're burnt out. They've had a trauma. They're trying to get over something. And it's interesting with Unplugged and other micro movements like it that are kind of stressing this idea that you can have a detox of this nature as sort of regular upkeep in your life versus only turning to it when everything's fallen apart and you actually can't stand things the way they are anymore. What do you think about that? It seems like obviously something that people resist because of the way life works now. But how do you convince people that it's actually part of good health and a preventative health healthcare for themselves versus turning to switching off when everything's hit the fan? We see both. Definitely. We see, you know, we see a lot of people who come after they've lost a relative or, you know, ended a relationship or just gone through some trauma. I think that's very useful as well, because, you know, we're all going to be knocked down by life at, at some point. And actually, you kind of need to step away from the noise to really process things. And I think it's so easy to get into a negative spiral when something bad has happened. I do think there's a huge amount of value in that. But to your question of how can you get people doing this proactively? You know, word of mouth is the biggest for us. People, if they hear someone that they trust has tried it, then that's worth much more. All sorts of people say, you know, I, I don't need to do this. I'm not allowed to my phone or I could never do this. Or, and, you know, that's fine. And, and again, for, for people to really get the most out of this, they kind of need to come to the decision themselves. So I think all we can do is just keep growing, just keep getting people offline and, and having a great experience. You know, word spreads. And one of the big focuses with Unplugged is moving the conversation in another direction and building momentum towards a, a more or less plugged in society because over 50% of UK adults now spend 11 hours a day or more on screens and that's only increasing. And so the more people we can get digital detoxing, the more people we can get who see the value in spending time offline, then that builds momentum in another direction. Yeah. In terms of travel, marking moments and, and posting on social media, it's such an intrinsic part of travel now. You know, it's almost like the trip never happened unless you've done that. How do you reconcile that with an experience like Unplugged? Is there a place for travel with less digital interference? Or do you have to be out in nature in the middle of nowhere? Can this message be applied to other sorts of travel too, do you think? 100%. I think fundamentally, if you're on your phone, then you're not present with 
your partner, your situation. And there's some amazing research that uh, just by taking a picture, you actually remember the moment less because you're in that moment less. So I think all digital detoxing whilst traveling is super beneficial. And again, like for us, Unplugged is just the jumping off point because most people probably haven't spent a day off their phone in the last decade. And so, you know, if we can start to get people trying it and, and just realizing what's possible, we get a lot of people who make it a every six months or every 12 months thing. But then also, you know, when they go on other holidays, putting their phone in a drawer for a couple of days as well. So it's a really interesting question, but obviously actually a big part of our effectively marketing is people posting pictures of the cabin pictures post a you know messages about how they felt exactly and you can still yeah. do that you can you can go and spend three or four days offline and take one picture afterwards and do a social media post around that i think there's the temptation to be documenting everything it's a really interesting question because I, I know some people do get a lot of value out of that as well especially a younger generation um who you know are just more brought up on phones so i'm not knocking that at all but i'm just saying that it's an amazing thing to to spend a few days offline Definitely. At the same time, like you say, it's possible to have that sort of hybrid experience where you can just dial it right back and still mark the moment. Unplugged came to my attention through Instagram. I saw the beauty of the cabins. I mean, I, th- I don't know if we've described where they are. So all of these cabins are in fields, on the edge of forests, looking out onto complete nothingness and nature. Exactly. And yet they're all within an hour or two of big cities, aren't they? I mean, the majority of them are in the home counties and around within an hour of London or so. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the amazing thing. Uh, And actually COVID was um, positive for this in the sense that people don't realize just how a nice the British countryside is and b how close it is. Like you really don't need to go far out of London to suddenly be completely immersed in nature. And I think the pandemic for all the trouble it caused has been good for just helping people discover the countryside. What are some of the things that guests have said to you about their experience? What have people fed back to you after they finished? I imagine you got a lot of their experiences, especially at the start, about how this kind of thing affected them. We hear all sorts of great stories. I think the most interesting is that it just... So what you don't do is change a habit in three days, but it does help people change their perception, you know? So people realize that the world doesn't end if you spend a few days offline. I think that's a really powerful realization. Yeah. The other really interesting one is couples tell us that, um, you know, it's the first time they've actually just sat and chatted without their phones there. Because again, you know, if you've only been together for a few years, you probably haven't spent a day together without your phones. Yeah, especially younger couples. On holidays, I see couples, younger couples in their 20s, and they're sitting there on their phones. Old people always talk about this. I've become old now. But, you know, it's a phenomenon. It's almost like they're communicating with each other. They're posting stuff. And I imagine that's quite powerful. Yeah, there's some amazing research that even having your phone switched off and on the table reduces empathy between two people. So you can imagine if you're both sitting there scrolling, how much more that would reduce empathy. So yeah, I do think it does really kind of change how we interact and, and how we live. Do children ever go to the cabins or is it not really done? Is that allowed? It is allowed, isn't it? So we've got, we've got a, it's a one king size bed. 
So we get some people that bring a toddler, but um, but yeah, we we don't have family cabins yet. I I think we've had a few people who book out two cabins that are nearby and have one for the kids, one for the parents. But uh, yeah, there's an interesting other problem to solve when you talk around kids and and digital detoxing. Yeah, for sure. What are your plans for Unplugged? Are you going to go elsewhere in the UK? Are you going to go international? What's the hope? We really see Unplugged as a social experiment. And, you know, if we can just keep growing what we're doing and get to a stage where we have thousands of cabins, you know, across the UK and uh, potentially in other countries as well. And then we have hundreds of thousands or even millions of people doing this every six to 12 months, then that will create some profound changes to society. And the goal is really to see what happens. Well, thanks for talking to me, Hector. You've convinced me that I need a digital detox and soon. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was really a lot of fun. This series is produced in partnership with Hospitality Group Accor. Please tune in next Friday when we'll talk sustainable travel and how design fits into it. Thanks for listening.